Okay, what do you say? Salut. 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 Prost. Prost. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is good. It's amazing. Definitely. Mm, that's good. It's 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 more than that. <laughs> it's not Jose Cuervo. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Did you get that? I'm so confused. Also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Faley. Well, welcome everyone. So, if you were wondering what we're doing here and why. I mean, for the audio people, you couldn't really tell what we're doing. For the video people, you could tell. Yeah. Um, we're drinking tequila here because we have a guest today from Mexico. Yes, bienvenido. <laughs> and he brought some some very expensive tequila. Um, what, what is it exactly again? Can you explain it for the listeners and viewers? Yeah, this is a special edition um, tequila that I was able to get. Um, it's an extra aged limited edition from a company called Amor Mio. It's a very small distillery in Mexico. So um, I'm a fan of good tequilas and I just thought, well, we're going to discuss culture and Mexico tequila. It's, you know, it's like a synonym. So mm -hmm. I said, yeah. why not? And for me, this is the best tequila there is. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's other people that would argue, but um, so for me, is, it's amazing. This is gold tequila then? or No, what? it's extra aged. Okay. So that's the difference. Okay. So extra añejo. So Got it's it. more aged than the añejo. So and what is gold tequila then? Or is that a German? I mean, so in, in Germany, I just like, they're silver and gold. Yeah. <laughs> and this was something when we were prep in preparation, but I'm going to take a step back. So our guest here is Samer, yeah. <laughs> our tequila expert. I think you're the first guest who's actually brought us a gift. So mm -hmm. that's a Thank check you mark so in much. your... Uh... I mean, he didn't give this to us as a gift. He just gives us a shot of well, this as a gift. He shares <laughs> true. it. True, yes. He's sharing his uh, culture with us, which is great. But Samer is actually, is kind of a fun episode for me because Samer's my boss or was my boss, I should say. Um, and it's because of him and our group at work that I started learning Spanish which, I mean, that's a huge part of my life now, which has mm -hmm. um, been really cool, a cool experience. But um, yeah, so Samer, is, you're originally from Mexico, from Coatzacoalcos, yep. which I always, whenever I hear that, I always have to think of Salma Hayek. Yeah, she's from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You actually said you know some of her extended family, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But you have an interesting history, especially in relation to our podcast, because you're from Mexico, but you also have spent significant time in Germany, and now you live in the U.S. True. So the whole interaction between different cultures, and obviously me being American and Faye being German, um, you can relate to both, um, but also bring an outside perspective that neither of us have. So we're excited to hear your your input. And also your company that you both work for is a German company. Yeah. And you both worked for the location in the US. Uh -huh. So Correct. and have a lot of contact with our German counterparts. Yeah. And our group is also in charge of Latin America or uh, is in charge of supporting Latin America. So So there's lots of cultures involved here, lots yeah. of different languages and people. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> and and thanks for the tequila. So for all of you guys watching and listening, if you hear us um, you sipping know, on our sipping tequila. on our on our tequila and just like <laughs> <laughs> no, well, making some weird sounds, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It is really good. And um, in our defense, it is Friday night, mm -hmm. so when we're recording this, so yeah. we deserved <laughs> having some tequila. <laughs> oh man! Cool. So yeah, 
Should we just go ahead and jump in, or do you have anything that you wanted to preface um, before we start just throwing yeah, questions I mean, at did, you? Did Josh uh, summarize your story? Yeah, he in a already good way? told everything you need to know about okay, me. Okay, so there was nothing that he left out. <laughs> I mean, the general stuff, yeah. Well, maybe you should tell us kind of how you ended up going to Germany, and 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 then how did you end up in the U.S. I can I can do that, yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me think. So I did part of my college degree in Germany. So that's how I started getting involved in the German culture. Okay, uh, I mean, my first question is why? <laughs> well, and uh, that's what I want, uh, wanted to say. Uh, so my, my major is mechatronics engineering. Uh-huh. So I kind of, when I was growing up, I wanted to work with robots. Mm-hmm. So um, when I entered college, uh, I, I wanted to do something related with robots, and I still remember uh, I was trying to learn French. I spent, I think, like five years learning French, and wow. Oh, wow. and then, but when I started my first second semester, I realized that maybe if I wanted to do robotics and automation, Germany was a place to go mm-hmm. uh, because Germany is famous for that. So then I decided to switch from French to German. Funny story is my first class or during my first. Uh, uh, curse of German. Um, my first exam, I answered most of the questions or most of the you know in my exam uh-huh. in French <laughs> without realizing it. My brain wasn't capturing it. Yeah. It was Wait, very in your German exam. Yes, it was so weird. <laughs> so the Are questions sure were in German. Everything was in German, <laughs> but my brain I didn't even realize until I saw that my grade was not good. I was like, "Oh, this is French. I know why I didn't get an A." Right? I think you may have had a little too much tequila. In that <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the tequila. Okay, so we're having a quick interruption from the episode because we actually have some pretty cool news to share with you guys. Um, Josh, what's a tip that you have for people who want to learn? A language, whether it's German or English? I'd say that the, probably the biggest tip I have is to practice um, mm-hmm. and get around people where you can speak in a comfortable environment where you don't have to be worried about making mistakes, but also have people around you who are willing to correct you. That's what helped me the most, I would say. For sure. What we, about you, we actually... what, are, what are some of your tips? <laughs> we did that a lot. We corrected each other a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, My number one tip is usually speaking it a lot, listening to it a lot. But when you first start out, I think it's pretty important that people understand that you do need some kind of formal instruction because not a lot of people are able to learn a language just by themselves or just with an app or something like that. It's almost impossible, I'd say. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I think to when I first started learning Spanish, um, I thought, oh, I work with Spanish speakers. I'll learn it from them. And I got to a certain point where I was like, okay, I'm understanding a lot of what they're saying, but I definitely was missing the basis of grammar and some basic structure to the language in formal training. So I definitely think a class helps with that. Yes, I agree. And that's why I think it's pretty cool that uh, we have a new collaboration with Link EUS, which is the new uh, European cultural center in New York City. And one of the co-founders is um, a girl or a woman <laughs> from <laughs> Germany, from Cologne, uh, Teresa. She reached out to me a couple months ago and she lives in the US just like me. So she's a German living in the US, German girl German in America, girl part in two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and they offer some pretty cool online language classes in German, English, 
Spanish, French, uh, 12 European languages in total. So if you guys are looking for something to do with all of this crazy quarantine stuff and lockdown, especially here in Germany right now when we're recording, we're in lockdown and no one really knows when the end is going to be. So if you guys are looking to improve your language skills and take advantage of all of this free time that all of us have right now, um, go and check out their, their website and check out what they're doing. And maybe it could be a resource that could help you guys in improving your language skills. And the cool thing is that we have a really cool discount code for you guys. So if you sign up for one of their classes, you can save $60 with the code TRAINSTATION60. So TRAINSTATION60, um, and that means that you'll only be paying $219 for 10 sessions for a language class. And each session is an hour and a half long, and it even includes all the class materials. So that is a really, really cool deal. Especially speaking from my experience, I was going to say that, I mean, that's a really good price for a language course. For yes. When I think back to what I've had to pay for then a book on top of everything, it's a pretty good deal. So you guys should definitely consider checking it out. Yes, for sure. And also, uh, they have classes available for European time zones and American time zones. So it doesn't matter where you live, you're probably going to find something. And for German, French, Spanish and Italian, they even offer a trial class next week. So if you're not sure about this, and you just want to um, get a little insight or a little sneak peek into what it's going to be feet like, wet, get your toes wet. <laughs> Back to our yes. colloquialisms video. <laughs> <laughs> then um, then you can do that by just checking out the free trial class. So you can go check out their website. The link is link-eus.com. So the whole thing is called link-eus. So it's link-eus.com. And then if you decide to sign up, don't forget to use the discount code TRAINSTATION60. Hopefully this course will help you get out of the station and move towards your <laughs> language learning goals. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and with that little joke, let's go back into the episode. So I didn't know if I was going to go, but I, I knew I had mm -hmm. to learn the language in order for it to be easier for me. So um, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship and be able to go to Germany. Actually, I spent uh, one semester in Ingolstadt, mm -hmm. which for me was very cool because I could see Audi everywhere. Yeah, uh -huh. that's true. Ingolstadt is the city of Audi. Yeah, and... Uh, it was an amazing experience. And then um, part of, of the program, I had to work or do an internship for a German company. And um, and I uh, found a company I worked for, and they gave me the opportunity to start doing the internship. And that's when you know I started working for the company. And since then, I've been just moving around with the company. And initially, when I graduated from college, um, basically, they hired me to do some work in Mexico, mm -hmm. and then uh, I spent three years in Mexico. But then they uh, gave me the opportunity to now work for for them, but in Germany and support a world. I was in the service department, so I was I would be traveling everywhere. So I spent a lot of time in um, other countries like South Africa, and I I went. Wait, to just to travel, or you actually lived there? No, no, just traveling for, okay. for clients, right? For clients, so if yeah. there's a customer, okay. you would go. Yeah, I, I would be the guy that they would call, hey, we have a problem. Yeah. Uh, you're available. Then we have to send you to South Africa, the United States, Mexico. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time in Austria and uh, Poland, Switzerland, cool. so everywhere. Mm -hmm. And but so at that time, you were still located in Mexico? 
Or no, I was located in Germany after in I... In Germany, okay. So yeah, I spent yeah. three years in Mexico, and then I moved to Germany mm-hmm. to work for the company in Germany. Right. But not, not as an intern, but now as an actual yeah. employee. So in, mm-hmm. in Munich then? In or, Munich, yeah. yes, in Munich. You, know, you, you stayed out in the middle of nowhere near Munich well, too, Well, right? yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a city next to Munich, which is called Erding. So the Bavarian was super hard for me. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. dialect, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, we'll get to that. But, but uh, yeah, I... I um, you know, that was one of the things that I was, it was like a culture shock for me mm. to to arrive to Germany. I mean, I thought I, I knew German, right? I spent years in college learning German. Right. And then you get there for college and you will assume that in college, you, you your classes will be in Hochdeutsch, which is uh, mm-hmm. German. And I had classes in Bavarian, which I was surprised. Even Wait, so what college was that? I mean, they had classes in not really, but the accent and the way they speak, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have expected even that. Even my, my, my colleagues that were German, they were like, You're having a hard time, right? I'm like, I don't understand anything. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even it, it sounds German, German, but I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, um, but I think it was like one or two classes, the other ones were okay. So, okay, wow, was, interesting. Was, yeah, um, talk about a culture shock though. I mean, yeah, yeah. showing up and showing up and not understanding anything—that's <laughs> even that's though you horrible. think you speak the language. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes I think I—I I would say I think I speak the language, and it's sometimes hard for me to understand mm-hmm. people that say they speak German and they're probably saying something that is not German. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you then were working throughout Germany, and then there was an opportunity to come to the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. So you, you were in Mexico for three years, then how long did you live in Germany for? Um, almost a, a year and a half. Okay. But I spent time during college, and then I spent a year about a year and a half working for a company in Germany, mm-hmm. and then uh, I moved to the U.S. Yeah, but so basically all your German experience was in Bavaria, in Ingolstadt, and then in Alden, Munich, Alden, yeah. Adding, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a very Bavarian heavy uh, experience. And, and, oh, very and, much and, so. I gotta say, when I was there the first, uh, I would say, first months, I wouldn't be able to communicate. I was, it was very hard for me. And I would say after one year and a half, my German didn't get better. It didn't? It did not because most people don't speak German. They okay. speak Bavarian. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't used to and because I was traveling around the world, I didn't have this, um, you know, close contact with people. But my German improved when I uh, moved to the U.S. <laughs> and I had to speak with them over the phone. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Because when you're looking at their faces, then it's easier to kind of understand, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're on the phone, it's... I'd say that's one of the hardest things about a foreign language is having a phone conversation yeah. in it. It was super hard. And but then yeah. adding Bavarian It made my German better. Yeah, I, I can way, I can yeah. believe that because it's like you. It's not just the facial expressions, also the gestures mm-hmm. and just the context. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like sometimes they'll just say something on the phone out of nowhere, and if you speak the language, you'll totally understand what they're yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know where they're at in their brain right now, mm-hmm. it's hard to follow. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean that was one of the hardest things when I started working at the uh, the, the same company was being able to understand Bavarian at first I was not good at it. Mm-hmm. You, have, you just have to get used to it because a lot mm-hmm. of them don't make a huge effort to speak standard German. 
So, like, all of the people that you guys interact with in Germany, they all speak Bavarian dialect? Not all dialect? of them. Not all of them. 95%? Wow, that's crazy, because, like, I mean, me being from Bavaria, of course I'm from Munich, where people speak mostly standard yeah. German, but even, like, you know, moving around Bavaria, I had, do not have that experience. Yeah. I think most people that I know who speak Bavarian also speak standard German, and they will speak standard, standard German. I think a lot of people, too, they'll speak Bavarian, and then they when they speak their standard German, it's very heavy accent. They have an standard accent, German. yeah. So, of course, I wouldn't really notice that then because like the accent to yeah. me yeah that's not a big deal i mean we have a, a colleague um that he he's german is also very good mm. and when we go for a training or for a meeting he has a very hard time understanding even though after many years he's been working for the company yeah. but mm -hmm. he didn't spend so much time in munich or in in that area mm. as i did or mm -hmm. you had yeah spent. right But yeah, I mean, that's a huge adjustment when you're getting into Germany and having to do it then with dialect, which you don't really learn about a ton in class. So That's true. I didn't know there was dialect until I got there. Oh, really? It was, <laughs> it was like, what the hell? Surprise. You didn't know at all that German, Germany had dialects? or? Um, I mean, probably somebody told me about it, but I didn't pay attention, probably. I mean, I'm assuming Mexico has different dialects, right? Or no? Well, we have languages. Okay. Not dialects, okay. which is a different thing, right? We kind do... of, yeah. I mean, there's like a, if you do define it, sometimes dialects are defined as their own yeah. languages. It kind of depends, mm. but yeah. The thing, the interesting thing about Mexico is like you have stand, you have Spanish, which is like the main language, but then you still have a lot of the native languages that mm -hmm. aren't related to Spanish right. at all. So then it's like complete. It's it it's is, not similar at yeah, all. Yeah, you can't it's, understand right. anything of the other languages. No, it's completely different. But so everyone in entire Mexico has the exact same pronunciation. No, they same have different vocab. accents. No, it's it's. It, I mean, there are just, just imagine you have you have Germany, you have a lot of dialects, right? Yeah. And it's maybe Germany is the size of one fifth or maybe one sixth of Mexico. Mm. So we all speak kind of the same words mm -hmm. most of the times. Okay. We have different accents, but I mean, it's still Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's a regions that use languages like Maya or Nahuatl. Yeah. I mean, I'm I just don't... surprised that there aren't any like actual dialects within Mexico in like Spanish dialects. Well, in, if in you... the Spanish speaking world, though, there are. There are, of course. I just, I mean, Mexico is a big country. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So kind of an interesting question that I wanted to ask you, Samer, and I haven't asked you this privately before, too. Ooh, is... Here we go. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> But what was your perception of Americans and Germans prior to you going to each country, having grown up in Mexico? That's a big question, I know. Well, but... I mean... I think the easier to answer is about Americans, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was blessed enough that my parents liked traveling. So uh, I remember doing a road trip from Coatzacoalcos, which is way down there, right? All the way to Houston, Texas, where I have a, wow. an uncle. We would drive. That's a long trip. Yeah, that's a long trip. And um, so I had, you know, experience, you know, with the country and with How things work so mm -hmm. I kind of understood how things were mm -hmm. so when I moved to the US I already knew what I was expecting and you you watch the movies and yeah you, you you kind of I mean Mexico and the US are you know neighbors so mm -hmm. you kind of know what's going on I think growing up I wouldn't say that I had a different opinion of Americans than what I have today. Mm -hmm. uh, for sure, it changed a little bit when it comes to work because I didn't, 
I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't think I was going to work in the yeah. U.S. But uh, um, with Germany, I remember growing up and my, my father telling me, oh, yeah, Germans are like the best and the Americans are like the best engineers and they have the best technology. And I, I that's when, when I said, okay, then I might... I might go to Germany one mm -hmm. time or maybe to the U.S. And uh, it happened, right? <laughs> it was just funny <laughs> that it happened. But, um, yeah, that was kind of the perception that going from Mexico to the U.S. or to Germany was going to be like going to a, we call it the f first world countries, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. everything is better, mm -hmm. education is better, roads are better. And even today, when my parents come over and they see the roads and there's no garbage or <laughs> there's no chaos, they're like, you see, that's that's the difference, right? Yeah, yeah. which is funny because, like, for me especially, like, comparing Germany to the U.S., the U.S. is so dirty. Yeah, true. And then to bring in there's Mexico. There's always dead it, animals on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, and they sit there for weeks. Yeah, yeah not in Germany. <laughs> so I know that you said through, like, our our private conversations that your perception has changed some of the Germans and the Americans after having spent more time with them and working with them. Mm -hmm. How would you say that has changed and what are, what are some of the differences that you've noticed? Well, um, it's, it's a hard question to answer, but I, I would say that at the end of the day, we are all humans. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I thought that um, everybody in, in Germany or Europe or in the U.S., would be, in a sense, better. But there's always people that are, you know, good at something, and there's people that are not good at something. So mm -hmm. when when I uh, when I moved to the to Germany and then I moved to the U.S., I realized that there's people that, like in every country, that like to do good and that like to do bad, yeah. and they outperform and underperform. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was growing up, I didn't think that. Uh, that you will find people uh, like underperformers in, in the U.S. Mm. or in Germany. That's... They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm surprised by that. I didn't think that that would have been your perception. Yeah. Like well, that's that's a new thing. Like I don't. I didn't think that was a cliche that that people had about those kind of countries. Um. Well, there there's a reason why it's called third world countries and first world countries, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's these different uh, standards, right? And I mean, um, I, I wouldn't say that Mexico, it's uh, considered a third world country nowadays, mm -hmm. if you look at the, you know, economics, but there are still people that live in perfect, uh, mm -hmm. poverty, right? Yeah. So the difference in lifestyles, you have a lot of people with a lot of money and a mm -hmm. lot of people with, well, not so many people with a lot of money, yeah. but quite a lot of people that are really poor. Mm -hmm. So even though we're next to the US, right? Yeah. So, it's it's I mean growing up and in the south of Mexico it's also there's a uh, difference in social level compared to the center or the north. Mm -hmm. So I mean you do see the differences in the infrastructure of the roads or the buildings and uh, I mean skyscraper scrapers in in my hometown there's probably one. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So. Then you go to Houston, Texas, right? And you see like <laughs> 50 is like... And then you go to New York and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's it's just that, like your perception has changed kind of like that you, you don't put Americans and Germans on a pedestal anymore? No, I don't. That's good. That's mm -hmm. healthy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's an interesting 
interesting perspective for sure because yeah. I think that's one thing that I mean I even caught myself doing that when I was learning German and really like fell in love with the German culture is like this is something that's different and cool and you can kind of put it up on a pedestal and be like this is awesome okay. but in reality when you get there I mean humans are humans right yeah. mm -hmm. and I think that can sometimes be a shock for people when they go into new cultures um, and meet new people or have new experiences I had actually never thought about this and I don't yeah. say that a lot but yeah I think because with me going to the US most Germans don't really look up to the, yeah. to, to Americans. I mean, we like, obviously America is a very, the United States is a very important country for Germany and for the world politics. And like, we do kind of consider the United States like very like up there. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about Americans and American cliches, it's more like looking down yeah. on them. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So yeah. I never had that issue. Mm -hmm. Like it was more like, oh, they're not all as dumb as I thought. <laughs> like it was more the other way around. Yeah. Um, yes, I was just surprised to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about growing up in Mexico and then, uh, or even in, in school, I would think, or I I would always think, okay, there's an American coming or a German coming, mm. they are smarter than me. Mm. That's how I thought it was. Man, that's crazy to have, like, to think of having that mentality growing yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Like thinking quote-unquote, that I'm less than, you know? Right. Just because that's what media or culture is telling me. I mean, that's just, that just blows my mind, you know? Yeah, same. I, have, <laughs> Very I, I will say, it. like, even though, like, my example with Germany, like, I've always, mm. I've been infatuated with Germany. In America, there's the, na the narrative that America is the best country in the world. Right. And I grew up with that. So to think of, like, like, we would almost look down on foreigners. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they're coming to the U.S. because they want a better life. Like, yeah. we have a good here. We know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And to think having, I don't know, I haven't thought about that either. Having yeah. grown up in a situation where you're like, oh, they're better than us. Mm. that's just crazy to think about yeah and well, how how unfair <laughs> right yes that oh, should man. not be something that's like promoted by media or you know parents or i don't know where that really comes from but it, yeah. it must come from some cultural narrative that they have in in those countries well I, i'm very sorry for that <laughs> no <laughs> i apologize to be for the to be honest, western I, I, I never felt less yeah i just thought okay if you want to become you know someone important you have to go to another country just yeah. because mm -hmm. the opportunities and this is true mm. there's more op opportunities here or in germany compared to mexico mm. yeah and it's just the the, the social and economic situation of mm -hmm. the countries right. right so but at the same time um you get there i go i get to germany or i get to the u.s and i realize that uh, not everybody is the way i thought mm -hmm. they would be yeah right? yeah so I think my next question would be um, regarding just the work life, because we've talked about this in a, pre in a previous episode with our friend Niklas, and we talked about his experiences working in Germany and in the US, and you've experienced it in three countries, so you can compare it even better. What would you say are the major differences between working in Mexico, US, and Germany? Or are there any differences for you? There's many differences. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to answer the question by saying, if I had to work only, mm -hmm. I would, I, I would stay in Germany. Okay. If had, if I didn't have to work, I would stay in the U.S. Uh -huh. Okay. So private life or like yeah. free time is better in the U.S. Work life is better in Germany. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things that I didn't like in Germany, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but um, and I, we can we can call it culture shock. Yeah. Things close on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with not this 24-hour thing that we have in the craziness. US. You can call it craziness. Um, it, I, I like it sometimes. But um, 
going to Germany and then realizing, oh, it's Sunday, I forgot to buy my groceries, oh, mm -hmm. I'm screwed, and learning that the bad way, I, I, I was not able to get over it. Okay. So even today, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So when I go to Germany, I, thinking about it makes me, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I understand why, yeah. and I accept it, and maybe because I didn't grow up, you know, in Germany, then I'm not used to it. Mm -hmm. So I like the private life more like in the U.S. You have more freedom. You can do whatever you want. Basically, you can buy whatever you want if you have the money. Yeah. And um, nobody cares, right? True. Here, it's so easy. And, I mean, you asked me about Mexico. Why? Mm. The problem is in Mexico, you don't have that many opportunities. So if you want to do something, it's harder. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just difficult. Mm. And um, I just think that uh, uh, having more opportunities makes life easier and then you worry less about your future, mm -hmm. right? So. Of so both for your private and professional life, you wouldn't choose Mexico. So it's either Not Germany anymore. or the U.S. Mm -hmm. I mean, my Mexican fellows are going <laughs> to kill me, but I love my country and uh -huh. I miss my family. But yeah. of course, yeah. it's just, it's just um, very hard going back and experience, even though when I go on vacation or stuff like that, there's sometimes that that I don't like, mm. and I didn't like even before I left. So if I have the opportunity to stay here, why not? Yeah. Um, I know one thing that you've told me is that growing up, you always felt like you were more like German as far as like punctuality is concerned. And there were things about Mexico that, well, that were hard for you to get <laughs> used to or accept. I mean... I'm not gonna say it's. I was. I felt German because mm -hmm. that's not really the 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 way. There's some values that I that I have. Uh, my parents, um, you know, taught me like being on time. Yeah. Respect people, and and being on time in Mexico is not a thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if in the whole Latin American uh, culture, but at least in Mexico, if you say it's gonna be at this time, people never show up at that time. Yeah. And I was the only person that would show up on time yeah. and I felt bad about myself because I thought I was doing the right thing and nobody cared <laughs> it was horrible <laughs> so when I moved to Germany mm -hmm. and everybody was on time I felt welcomed I was like yeah. oh these guys are like me but it, it has nothing to do with not being German yeah, or being yeah, Mexican yeah. it's just and this is just one specific thing uh -huh. right uh, in general I feel Mexican more than anything else yeah. and right. I, I don't think I'm going to lose that ever yeah. um Makes sense. But but uh, I think living in Germany and in the U.S. and of course growing up in Mexico and also working in other countries allow me to appreciate things from every every part of the world. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to pick because there's so many things that I love from Germany and I love from Mexico and I love from the U.S. and I love from Brazil and other countries. Yeah. So. I, I would say I'm just going to try to travel the world and mm -hmm. experience the whole world as a, as a one, right? Yeah. And not just limit myself to the U.S. No, or Germany. No, of course. That's a good approach. Yeah. Um, but you said that you like the professional life better in Germany than the, over the U.S., so I kind of have to ask as a German, why is that? What are we doing so good? What do they do right? Uh, because uh, I think in the U.S., people are so... Uh, into working and spending time in the office and making more than what is asked about an individual, and that's normal. Mm -hmm. 
And in Germany, I think it's there's a, a clear line, okay, this is work and this is private life. So I'm paid for a 40-hour week, and after my 40-hour, I just go home. So there's no stress about not finishing work or, um, you know, leaving your office because you already finished your 40-hour week. Uh, and that stress that you get in the U.S., I don't like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in Germany, nobody cares as long as you do your job and mm -hmm. you you basically follow your contract, right? Yeah. In the U.S., it's a different story. Mm -hmm. People will argue, hey, why didn't you answer the phone over the weekend? And Or on vacation. Or on or... vacation. Mm -hmm. things. And that's very normal in the U.S. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just different. Yeah. And to be honest, I prefer not to be called on the, over the weekend, yeah. like everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's normal in the U.S., yeah. so I don't like that it's normal. Mm. It should be the exception mm. and not the mm -hmm. normal. So I know that you were talking about how like you like different things from different parts of the world, right? And one cool thing about America is that there are so many immigrants, so you get a lot of different cultures and access to a lot of products mm -hmm. yeah. or cultural experiences here in the U.S. So. Sure. With Mexico being so close, quote unquote, to the U.S., I mean, Ohio isn't right around the corner from Mexico. Um, <laughs> what do you miss most about Mexico or what are, what are things that you're really happy that you're still able to maintain here and have access to? I mean, living in the U.S., I don't really miss too much. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> because like you said, I, I mean, when I was living in Germany, food was the oh, biggest problem. True, because we don't have any good Mexican food in Germany. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you a few ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know all of them. Okay, good. That, good that you do, but like it's hard to find them. I'm, I'm sure it's not easy, to, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got my list before I move. When, when I moved from Germany to the U.S., I was so happy because there's... I don't know how many Mexican restaurants yeah, around my everywhere. house. They're everywhere, yeah. And they are good. Mm -hmm. See, okay, I want to... We got it on record because people always comment underneath my videos when I say that when I'm in Germany, I miss Mexican food. They're always like, yeah, but you live in Ohio. You can't get real Mexican food in Ohio. And I'm always like, there's so many Mexicans all over the U.S. You can find real Mexican food everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you don't have True. to go to Chipotle, but you can find the places. Yeah. Not all of them are authentic, mm. but you, they're here, right? Yeah, we got I, it from I, a real Mexican. I, I, one of the things I, I did when I started <laughs> leaving the U.S. or in this part of the world was to find the best taco or mm -hmm. find the best pozole or mm -hmm. find the best tamal. So there's good things here. Yeah. And I would say that I've tried one of the best tough Mexican food in this region. Even they are a little bit better than what I've tried in Mexico. You are wow. going to get your passport taken away. Yeah. <laughs> you better be careful what you say. Well, it's made by Mexicans. And, yeah, and, and to be honest, I don't know if this is true, mm -hmm. but... For example, my father always says when he's over here, yeah, it tastes better because the Americans get better uh, ingredients mm. than what we get in Mexico. Interesting. I don't know if it's true, but for example, avocado, mm -hmm. the quality of the avocado here is better than what we get in Mexico, even oh, though it's wow. coming from Mexico. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> wow, that's so sad. Wow. Ooh, capitalism. Yeah. What, it's what bad. have you done? <laughs> I mean, I know that in defense of the avocado industry, a huge portion of the avocado industry is based in California. There is a very large portion in California, but now a lot of them are in like Michoacan um, mm. and that part of Mexico as well. Mm. So, I mean, again, I, I don't uh, know the details, I, but I don't no, have you're the right. Facts. I mean, if they're sending all of the good stuff up north, that's really sad. Yeah. 
Well, I, I guess dollar dollar will pay more for pay it. Pay more than wow. peso, right? So, yeah. or maybe the ingredients that we use in Mexico are just cheaper. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I mean, people could argue, well, they are fresh, so yeah. it should taste better. And I'm not saying Mexican food in Mexico tastes bad. <laughs> no, of course <laughs> I, not. I would say <laughs> everywhere I go, normally it's good. But being in the U.S. is not a problem. Kind of in the same vein of with that, how mm -hmm. you're talking about Mexican food in the U.S. and finding what you like. What are some of the big differences in the cuisine between the different countries? Like, what are what's your opinion of American food and German food? Uh, <laughs> if there even your, your is German followers are gonna kill me, but yeah. I, to be honest, I the the German food, for example, I I like it, but it gets boring. Yeah, I'm, that's I was gonna say. Like, what even is German food? Because yeah. like, besides bread and some like traditional meals, we usually don't eat a bunch of like typical German yeah. food all the time. I don't know. Like, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I've spent most of my time in Bavaria, mm. so I'm not gonna say the whole Germany. But uh, I mean, Wiener Schnitzel, the Hachten, and the uh, Schweinebraten. I mean, those are the typical, uh, you go to Hopery House or these yeah, uh, that's famous like the places. Meals, yeah. Yeah. And then those are the traditional that I eat once when I go. And the next that's day uh, the I am like, okay, now I need a burger or I need Where some tacos. tacos. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. to be honest, I could eat tacos every day. But I couldn't eat Wiener Schnitzel every day. Yeah, I mean, phew, it's, I, I have honestly never had a Wiener Schnitzel because I'm vegetarian. Yeah. But I know it's filling, so... <laughs> That's yeah. funny. So Mexico definitely wins in the cuisine area. Mm, uh, depends. Between the three countries. Yes. Okay. Mm. So you're a very proud Mexican, right? You, you're really happy to be Mexican. Um, and how <laughs> I would say that's true. I, Samer, <laughs> you cut your you cut your grass with a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because <laughs> that's just, have you seen it or? <laughs> I, I hear there's picture there's photo evidence. I haven't seen it though. But actually, I was gonna bring it. <laughs> my my wife said, "Don't do that. It's too much." <laughs> so you're the quintessential Mexican, we'll say. Um, so, have you faced any discrimination in the U.S.? Would you say? Or in Germany? Uh, or in Germany? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, when we talk about discrimination, there's. I haven't felt discriminated. But there was this time when I, I mean, I now I'm on a green card, but um, when you are on a visa, you have to go through a different process to get, get into the country, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when I had to go through the other lane, uh, there's like a little interview, right? There's this agent that asks you questions about what you're doing in the country, and mm -hmm. then you show paperwork. And one time, I mean, I had to renew my visa every year because... As a Mexican, it doesn't matter how many years your stamp has, you have to renew it mm -hmm. because it expires after a year. So every year I will have to go and get a, a, a visa. So interesting enough, I would do it in Germany because it was faster than in Mexico. Oh, wow. <laughs> you travel to Germany just for that? Just I mean, to because your visa? I mean, you combine it with the, the, the consulate is in Munich, so yeah. I would just go work and then do that. At oh, the same interesting. Time. You could extend your visa at the Munich consulate yeah. as a Mexican citizen? Yeah. Interesting. And what actually all of our Mexican coworkers always do that. They go over to Germany and keep working while their visas are being processed. Was it the H one B or which one? L one. L one. Okay, I don't know. L one A. 
Okay, I don't think I even know exactly what category that is, but yeah, I would have thought that maybe, if anything, you would have had to go to Frankfurt, which is like the main place for visas in Germany. Munich is just like, they just do some visas. So, wow, interesting. Isn't L1 a intercompany transfer? So you, yeah, you but were by sent that, by the Germans. So L1A, it's management, and L1B, it's more of uh, special knowledge. Okay. Mm. But it's you were sent within the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So... Um, so this time I, I had to go into this little cubicle with the agent. Yeah, and, the, and the secondary inspection? Or well, no, no, no. I mean, no. the first interview. Just when, the window. When, when you, when, walk, when you oh. walk and you show your passport yeah, and yeah, your okay. visa. But I just recently renewed my visa. So I, I had a document stating from the consulate that I had, you know, a permission to work in the U.S. Not Because one thing is the visa and then the other document is um, a work permit. Work permit. And in the work permit, they basically laid all my contract. And this lady uh, looked at how much I make oh. per year. And it, it is not too much, in, in my opinion. But she looked at it and she just said, only in America. And I didn't feel offended. I just thought it was an odd comment. Mm-hmm. Mm, for sure. And just inappropriate. She, and, I mean, she stamped it and, and then I went. But funny enough, I traveled too much. So the second time, it was maybe a month later, mm-hmm. the same lady, I was going through the lane and I saw the same lady and it was a familiar face for me. So mm-hmm. I I felt a little bit happy. It's uh-huh. like, oh, she knows me. I hope she remembers me. Yeah. So I get to her and I'm like, hey, I know you. And she looked at me, stared at me like for five seconds. And she put a very weird face and said, Go back to the lane. You know what? No, go to another agent. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I was what? like, what? Isn't that horrible. I've heard that story and, before, but it's horrible. And I just thought maybe she felt something that was going to go against her work ethics mm-hmm. and she didn't want to do anything wrong. And she just decided to p- push me to another agent. That's a Again, kind of I didn't feel you. discriminated, but after thinking about it, it's like maybe she wanted to not let me into the country and said, yeah. okay, go to the other agent. I just don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to, I mean, she didn't say too much, right? Yeah. But uh, I would say that's the only time. In general, I don't have any problems. Uh, yeah. Well, that's I mean, good. I mean, yeah. Good to hear that. It's just, it's interesting that a government official would be the one that you're the, <laughs> that you've had the most issues with. I mean, those um, people working at immigration, yeah, I mean, we've talked they're about rude that. to everyone. They're rude to I mean, every German, every European, it doesn't mm. matter who you are. No, I mean, sure. I would assume that they're more rude to, you know, non-white looking people just because that's what I, that's a cliche that uh, I think they would have. It's funny because she was, she was a person of color. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not yeah. saying she was thinking something horrible, but the fact that she pushed me to another agent was a little that's bit odd. That's pretty extreme. Yeah. I would say I've had, like, I was never pushed away, but, I mean, I've been to secondary inspection so many times. Like, I've definitely had, like, those kind of experiences, too, even though I would say that I'm, as a white person, like, I'm not usually the type of person that is a victim of discrimination. Mm -hmm. But with those, like, with U.S. immigration, if you're not a U.S. citizen, it's going to be tough. (laughs) I just wonder, and I wonder if we have any Border Patrol agents who listen to us, you know, because I would be interested in learning, like, is that part of your training to be... I know that so they're trained to always assume that you're a criminal, that Mm -hmm. they're they're 
they need to assume that you're going to overstay your visa, mm. that you're going to do something wrong. That's what I at least heard or read somewhere. I don't remember where I got this from, but I'm pretty sure that this is accurate yeah. um, because that's also how they act. Like they, mm -hmm. it's like basically guilt and until uh, proven innocent, yeah. um, like the other way around mm -hmm. as like, you know, usually it should be in a country, yeah. but when it comes to immigration, that's at least how they act in a lot of cases. Not all of them are rude, of course. I've had very nice immigration agents But um, I've also been treated like a criminal by yeah. them. I mean, for me, it was the only time ever. Okay. So I never had That's any great. other problems. I mean, if you count the fact that when I travel over and they, they check, I mean, even not even on the airplane, and then suddenly they scan my boarding pass and, oh, random check. <laughs> But the random check is all the time. Then mm -hmm. it's not yeah. random anymore. Uh, they might argue, ah, maybe your name is similar to... Yeah, uh, I don't know, a narco or something. But mm. my name is not even close to <laughs> being a regular Mexican name. Yeah, so not for sure. What about Germany, though? So that was the U.S. You said you haven't experienced much discrimination mm. here. Uh, it's a very good question. Germany. Um, I don't think I ever... I mean, I, Europe, it's more of a mix mixture. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Germans are used to immigrants. That doesn't mean there's no dic discrimination, but... Right now, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, well, that's I mean, good, and, I guess. and if it happened, I forgot about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. wasn't significant enough to, for you to carry with you in your memory. Correct. Well, that's good. <laughs> good job, Germany. <laughs> and good Very job, US. Besides that. the immigration people. Yeah. <laughs> so we reached out to some of our our listeners on Instagram and asked them to send us some questions that they may have for you. And I thought this person. Um, I don't know how to pronounce their name, Drefia, D-R-E-P-H-I-A, had a good question. They said, what do you have to say about safety or feeling safe in different countries? Ooh, I was, was going to pick question. that question yeah. too. I like that question. Um, good job. I would. Okay, so before you answer, I would assume that it's a huge difference because for me as a German mm -hmm. in the U.S., I already feel it's such a big difference. Like, yeah. yeah, regarding safety, like in Cincinnati, it's not even one of the most violent cities in the U.S., but it is... Like in the list somewhere. Over the Rhine was one of the most dangerous. Yeah, but as while, of right but, now, yeah. I think it's like depending on the list, it's maybe in the top 20. It's yeah. just like a regular big U.S. city, mm -hmm. just like all big U.S. cities. It's there's violence here. Um, and so for me, it was a pretty big change because in Germany, like I I feel like I grew up like uh, wrapped up in, in cotton. Like I <laughs> there's no violence. There's no shooting. Like a padded suit. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'm just very curious to, to hear what you say, because in my perception, it goes Germany is the safest, USA, and then Mexico is no, that's the most, true. most dangerous. That's true. So what's your experience? Um, <laughs> you know, it has changed. Growing up, I remember, I mean, maybe being 11, 12, 13 years old, I would just walk on my own mm -hmm. from one place to another. No problem. Mm. Today... Not even if you're 40, you're supposed to be walking in Quetzal or in Mexico in general. It's uh -huh. just not, right now, the situation, it's not good mm -hmm. in general with, with violence. So why would you risk it? Yeah. I'm not saying it's, you're going to get killed if you do it, right? Yeah. But there's so much violence right now. Uh, there's a cartel world, uh, war going on since many years. Mm -hmm. Things are getting better, but I mean, it, it's never good. Right. So what do you do? You you drive or you, you always take someone with you? I mean, you can drive on your own. Okay. I mean, it's not that bad. But okay. uh, what I'm saying is uh, when I grew up, 
I could do what you felt you can or you feel you can do in Germany. Mm. Germany, I, I don't feel um, unsafe at all. Yeah. Well, if you're maybe in Frankfurt and mm. you're in a rough area or I wouldn't say Munich, but um, there's always bad people everywhere, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, you're right. Germany, I think it's compared to the other two countries, it's safer. Yeah. And in the U.S., I think it depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. For sure, yes. Because I mean, if you're somewhere in the suburbs, you're, yeah. you're going to be very safe. <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I mean, you can leave your door, your your car door open here in the U.S. or in Germany, and probably you will keep, nobody will steal your car. Kind right. of depends on, I mean, so here in yeah. Cincinnati, there's definitely places where you can't do that. I made the mistake of forgetting to lock my car and someone broke in. And <laughs> luckily, I didn't have any expensive stuff in there, but I came back the next day and there was all my stuff all spread out. Yeah. Do I know about this? Yeah, I, th- I thought I told you. When I was living in Over the Rhine, Okay. I forgot to lock my car and I went, there was also a shooting right outside of my apartment, which it was just, yeah, I think the person actually died, which is really sad, but it was right in front of my apartment. So there are definitely dangerous parts of the U.S. So I would agree that it's like Germany is much safer than the U.S. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you put that into context, mm-hmm. that's not really common in Mexico, that people are shot because they just had a gun and they were, you know, they had a discussion. In, in Mexico, if you have a gun, it's your really really a, a criminal okay mm-hmm. right so um yeah i mean it's not very common yeah, uh, you no, said, um, I, w- I wouldn't say it's rare that somebody has a gun in mexico i actually haven't seen a gun from an individual in mexico that is not a police officer or somebody okay. in the government right hmm. because you're not a, you cannot just go and buy a gun mm-hmm. in mexico that's not possible see i i never even informed myself about how it is in mexico i just kind yeah. of assumed that I just kind of assumed that most people would have a gun. No. Um, see, America, <clears throat> it's, not, it's not as normal as you think. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the problem in Mexico is there are so many uh, organizations, criminal organizations that just have so much money that they can buy guns and then yeah. they can shoot people, right? Mm-hmm. But typically we say bad people get killed, right? Mm-hmm. That's not always the case. I mean, also good people get killed. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's... If if you if you're in Mexico and then you behave and then you're not outside in dangerous places, probably nothing's gonna happen. But uh, I mean, yeah, I will never say never, right? I, thank God, I, nothing has happened to me mm-hmm. uh, yeah. ever. Yeah, but that's not even here. That's an interesting perspective. Like, there's still violence, but it's a different type of violence. You yeah, know? here it's more. I won't say commonplace, but it's, it is more commonplace violence or individual violence as opposed to maybe in Mexico where it's more organizational um, criminal organizations that Mm -hmm. are causing violence. Yeah. Yeah. Here, when I first came here, I I was a student at the University of Cincinnati. I lived like five minutes away by by, like walking distance. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was through a safe area. It was the west side of the campus, which was not really considered a dangerous area. And I remember that I had a a night class that semester. And like when it was wintertime, all of my friends and all of my American roommates told me that I could not walk home from that night class that I think ended around 9 p.m. So obviously it was dark out. They told me that I needed to get a ride home because mm. it's not safe for me to walk home. And I was like, you're, you're being ridiculous. It's literally five minutes and I walk this all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think one time I listened to them and I was like, yeah, this was ridiculous. Like nothing would have happened. So then I like kept walking. But it's this thing like last year it happened to me too. Um, I was at a bar that's not super far away from my place. Mm-hmm. And 
I was with a few friends and they had an Uber pick them up and the Uber driver was like this nice lady, like kind of like, you know, a mom mm -hmm. type of person. And she was like, oh, honey, are you going to walk home? And I was like, yeah, I live literally right there. It's a three minute walk. I'm just going to walk very quick. And I, I started walking. I said bye to my friends who got into the Uber and she didn't feel okay about it. So she followed me wow. and picked me up on my way. And I kind of felt patronized in a way because mm -hmm. of course it was very nice of her. Yeah. But I can't. I like walking, and mm -hmm. nothing would have happened. Like I know, I know this route. I know what I'm doing. I have yeah. my pepper spray. If something happens, I got my phone. Like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So she insisted that I got into the car, and she drove me this like it was maybe 60 seconds to my yeah. place, dropped me off there, and then went and uh, brought my other friends home. I think a big part of that too has to do with the fact that a large, at least in Cincinnati, a large portion of the population grows up in the suburbs. Mm. And then for university, they'll come into the city. So they have the suburb mentality of the city's bad, the city's mm -hmm. dangerous, be careful when you're in the city. Whereas you having grown up in a city, you're like, oh, it's just a city. So, I mean, obviously you're going to be smart about what you do, and yeah, you, and but like, you have the personal responsibility and personal It's definitely a different knowledge. city. Like, I definitely consider Cincinnati not as safe as yeah. Munich, but I, at least I know the areas. Mm -hmm. Like, I know where I can and where I can't walk. Yeah. And these were places where I could work, walk, where it was okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it was going to be safe. Yeah. And she even, like the Uber driver, it wasn't even on the way. Like, she took a detour just wow. to follow me. <laughs> That's crazy. I was like, wow. Maybe she wanted to charge you more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she was super Capitalism. nice. About it. I think she just didn't, she just couldn't live with yeah. knowing that she let this girl walk, a, walk home alone. And if something had happened, she would have felt guilty for the rest yeah. of her life. I think it was that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty extreme. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, it was out of a good place, but But again, like for me, it kind of feels like I'm losing my freedom. Yeah. And like... The U.S. is supposed to be the land of the free, like liberty over everything. Like people think that the U.S. is the only place where you have freedom. For me, in my in my personal life, in my everyday life, I oftentimes feel like I'm not as free here as I am in Germany mm -hmm. because of those things, partly. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely a, a perspective. Yeah. Or as indep independent, maybe would be a better yeah. word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really want to know how all the social interactions are different in the different countries. Because obviously Germans are known for being very reserved and we're very hard to be friends with. And then Americans are very open. And I kind of assume that Mexicans are very open too, but I don't actually know. I mean, I've met many Mexicans in the U.S. who were, who were uh, like very open and um, wanted to make friends. So... <laughs> it depends choosing your words okay, wisely depends. No, no, right. I, it depends um, I think in Mexico um, everybody wants to be your friend and let's say you guys go to Mexico mm -hmm. everyone wants to be your friend because you're just the new thing right you, yeah. you guys are foreigners okay. so everyone wants to be your friend mm -hmm. um, in Germany no one wants to be your friend <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, let's say the first day, right? Yeah. Or that doesn't mean they don't really want to be your friends. Yeah. But it's 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 a very different way of... It's a different starting point. Yeah. So very, very few people would, uh, in Germany, for example, come to me and ask me who you are. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, thinking about it, I don't think anybody would just come to me. I would have to interact with them a little bit first... So they would open and have a conversation with me and then, you know, mm -hmm. get to a point where they become your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, in Mexico, it's, a way, it's different. Everybody talks to everybody. and uh, But there's a different level of friendship. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I think the U.S., in, it, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I would say that if you have a German friend, it's a friend for life. Mm-hmm. That's what we always say. Yeah. Yeah. So and glad you, you agree with that. I have one of my best friends is from Germany. Mm-hmm. And even though we don't live in the same country, we stay in touch and we talk and we, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we're friends. Mm-hmm. But it's for life. Yeah. And in Mexico, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more superficial. Also, some of my best friends are from Mexico. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Where would you? So how would you rate, I guess, U.S., Mexico, and, and Germany as far as, like, Germany is the I mean, friend for life. Mexico and the U.S. can be somewhat more superficial. Which would you say is more superficial? Um, it's hard to, to say. Mm-hmm. So it's almost the same then? Like, so going, like, social interactions in the U.S., are they pretty much like they are in Mexico? Pretty much what you were used to? No, in Mexico, you you, you can meet more people in Mexico. Okay. People are more open to, to have a conversation. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, hard, it's a hard question because okay. um, I haven't lived in Mexico yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. When did you leave? At what age? Uh, I was... 23. Okay. 23 years old when mm-hmm. I left Mexico. Wow. So. I know one thing that, like, I've never been to Mexico, but, I mean, with our Mexican community that I've interacted with mm-hmm. here in, in Cincinnati, at least, I mean, it feels warmer than, definitely warmer than Germans. And I would even say warmer than most Americans, especially, and I think it's true with, like, Southern European countries as well. Mm-hmm. Like, just the fact, like, the way that you greet people, you know, like, mm-hmm. with a kiss or a hug. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you'll you hug people here in the U.S. too, but it's just, I feel like it's warmer from the beginning. I don't know, I don't have, like, a ton of deep friendships with Mexicans, um, but I don't know, is it hard to, would you say, is it harder to get to that deeper level with Mexicans than it is with Americans in your experience? And if you can't answer that, that's fine. <laughs> well, um... It depends on the on the individual. I yeah. mean, you can have very good friends that are Americans, very good friends that are, are uh, Mexicans. But again, you, I think you can have a wider group of people that you will call friends in mm-hmm. Mexico, but that doesn't really mean that they are all your best friends. Yeah. Right. And I know people that say, I have a lot of friends. Yeah. But I always say, if you have more than 10, then they are not really your mm-hmm. true friends. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Comparing it to Germany, I, I don't have too many friends in Germany, but mm-hmm. the ones I have are really true yeah. mm. best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the difference is that in order to get to that point, it takes so much time. Yeah. Right. You have to have patience. <laughs> yeah, and it's it not like you're trying, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm Mexican and I want to be your friend and you're German and you don't want to be my friend, but I keep trying and yeah. uh, I'll get to that point. No, it's not like that. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, it takes time. Yeah, yeah and, for sure. I just thought about, like, in this context, I just thought about how every time that I talk to my German friends in German and I refer to someone else, like, in English, I would always just say, oh, my friend, blah, blah, yeah. my friend, so-and-so. Whenever then I, like, mention those people in German, I always have to think, is this Freund yeah. or Freundin or, or Bekannte or Freund von der Freundin or yeah. eine ganz gute Freundin or uh-huh. what? How, how do I describe it? And, like, oftentimes I say eine Freundin von mir and then I kind of, like, correct myself and I'm like... Also, eine gute Bekannte von mir yeah. or something like that uh-huh. because I 
yeah, I'm like, I'm because so you compare to, it to who you're speaking to. Wait, yeah, because right? like the person in Germany who yeah. I'm speaking to, they need to know like, oh, wait, how is this a friend of yours? And I've never mm-hmm. heard this name before. <laughs> I don't know if I told the story on the podcast before, but when I was living in Erfurt, I was hanging out with some people who I met and I was talking about some people I knew here in Cincinnati. And I kept saying, yeah, ein Freund von mir, ein Freund von mir. And at some point someone was like, Josh, du hast aber echt viele Freunde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said, Josh, you have a lot of friends. And I was like, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess not really a friend, but an acquaintance. But if you say an acquaintance in English, it's very, it's distant. very like, yeah. I just have met this person one time mm. and it was very like, not, not warm at all. An acquaintance of mine. Right. Like everyone's a friend in the US. Yeah. Until you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one thing I was going to say too about, um, just the way that, and that's an interesting topic as far as how words have carry different meanings mm. depending on the language, um, how like friend. But one thing that was really interesting for me when I started learning more Spanish was the way that you refer to people. So like offensive nicknames are very common, mm. like little fatty or the black one or like those type of things. But also just referring to someone as like, hey, blondie, or we were, I was just recently in Puerto Rico and everyone called me Chico. I Which was like, what? just boy. Okay. Mm. Like, ¿Qué quieres, Chico? Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I mean, I, I didn't, it didn't throw me off, but I was like, that's just an interesting way. Like, and I've been told that when I, if I were to go to Mexico, everyone would call me Guero. And it's just like, which means it's like a blonde, blonde person. person, even though I'm not blonde, wow, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. we don't have that in English where you just will randomly like to someone you don't know, use a nickname or anything and like that. Actually, Guero, it's even people call me Guero. I'm not even white. Right. So it has to do with your skin color more than? No, it's just, I think it's just, uh, it's people just don't know you. Okay. And it's mostly people that want to sell you something. Okay. So again, this is, goes back to the idea of, okay, if you're American or German, technically you're supposed to be white. So if you're white, then you're better. Mm. So when they are trying to sell you something and I'm just, I don't know if that's the thought process from the origin of the word, mm-hmm. but I'm just as- assuming that that's how it, it is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. So if they call you well, so they are trying to sell you something, it's, it's supposed to make you feel better. So right? it's a compliment. Yeah. It's a compliment. Wow. Oh, you're, you're blonde, so now you buy from me, right? <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, blonde. but yeah. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. And, and if somebody knows the origin of yeah. the güero, then yeah, they let, can write. Let us uh, know in the comments. But like, yeah. even if someone would be like, gracias, primo, or like... Like, thank you, thank you, cousin. Like, yeah. even though I've never met you before, they'll call me cousin or... Or even in Mexico when the waitress, mm-hmm. there's a lot of waitress that call you my love. Yeah. Mm. You get that here in the U.S. sometimes mm. with honey or... Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I said Dear. earlier. Yeah. yeah. That threw me off in the beginning because you don't do that in Germany at all. I mean, in the U.S. it's like sometimes and yeah. it's more like more common in the South. Um, but yeah, just like, and even I've, I've seen it with younger people calling like older cashiers or so, like if it's mm-hmm. a woman, but they're like 50 and the, and the guy talking to them is like 20, they'll still say, thanks, honey, or thanks, dear. Like or Ooh, Yeah. I don't like that. I, they, they, they like to be friendly and you don't get yeah. that in Germany at all. But especially like also ta- like people using that with me, I'm like a very you know, like emancipated woman. Yeah. Like I do not want to be called something like, like I don't want to be belittled <laughs> by anyone. It's yeah. so, like at first I sometimes felt uncomfortable about people mm-hmm. calling me like honey or dear or what else do they say? Sweetie. Uh, sweetie. sweetie. Yeah. Um, but over time I learned that it's normal. I still think that language has a very strong 
meaning to it. So mm-hmm. I still personally wouldn't prefer using those uh, yeah. those terms. Um, but I, like, I got used to it, but at first it totally threw me off. Yeah, I was I like, Why? What, what does this person think? They get to call me honey or something? Uh-huh. Like, and sometimes it's a man too or yeah. something. And you're like, well, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't do that at all in Germany. In Germany, I don't think we have any nicknames for strangers, like, for people. That Not that I've know. experienced at least. No. It's just interesting how language and culture are so like intertwined like well, that. I, I would say that in Germany, people don't want to interact with strangers Mm -hmm. but i mean sometimes you have to like if it's like a you know at the store or something you have to uh, interact with uh, strangers but you just don't call them anything Mm -hmm. if anything like Mm. but that's like super formal Mm -hmm. i think you just don't don't address the person yeah (laughs) yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. so one of the cool things too about samer is as we've mentioned he speaks german so we thought that we'd do maybe a portion of this in german as well yeah and someone was, is going to have to subtitle it yes so we'll, we'll figure that out me. yeah Samer, we'll, we'll hire you to subtitle for us so deutsch yeah deutsch um ich glaube die hauptfrage die wir eigentlich alle haben ist so ein bisschen wir beide haben ja schon das Problem mit zwei Sprachen immer. Und du, Josh, du hast es ja auch immer ja. mit deiner dritten Sprache, Spanisch. Aber du sprichst ja jetzt wirklich Spanisch als Muttersprache, Englisch. Du lebst in Amerika, also sprichst ja. du ständig und auch in der Arbeit. Und dann hast du auch noch jahrelang in Deutschland gelebt und sprichst ja auch Deutsch in der Arbeit teilweise. Natürlich, ja. Wie funktioniert das in deinem Kopf? Wie kriegst du das überhaupt hin? Weil Keine ich, Ahnung. <lacht> ich schaffe es ja gerade mal so, dass ich an einem Tag entweder gut Deutsch oder ja. gut Englisch sprechen kann. Beides klappt meistens nicht. Also wie machst du das? Also ich bin schon gewöhnt. Ja. Ja, ich kann das jetzt ohne Probleme machen. Also einfach so boom, switchen. Und ja, boom, switchen. <lacht> ähm, ich muss nicht mehr überlegen. Hm. Ich kann einfach machen. Ja. Weil, also ich mache es schon Zeit lang. Ja. Also ich bin hier in den USA seit äh, fast zehn Jahren. Mhm. Und ja, am Anfang war nur Deutsch und Englisch. Okay. Hast du dann das Spanisch ein bisschen verlernt? Also Spanisch nur zu Hause mhm. mit meiner Frau, aber in der Arbeit, wir hatten keine Mexikaner mhm. damals und Deutsch war fast jeden Tag, also mit, mit den Deutschen in, in Deutschland und natürlich ähm, äh, Englisch mit, mit Kunden oder ja. mit Kollegen in der ja. Arbeit. Äh, also wir haben auch äh, deutsche Kollegen hier in, mhm. in den USA. Ich, ich denke nicht mehr dran. Also ja. es ist wirklich automatisch, ja. würde ich, ich glaube, sagen. Ein großer Unterschied zwischen deiner Geschichte und meiner und Felis ist halt, dass du einen Partner hast äh, zu Hause und du sprichst dann immer Spanisch mit ihr, also mhm. mit deiner Frau. Also deswegen, glaube ich, ist es für dich so, dass du wahrscheinlich Spanisch nicht so krass verlehrt hast, Stimmt. weil du dann zu Hause immer jemanden hattest. Aber ich muss ehrlich sagen, manchmal wir reden auch ein bisschen... <lacht> Spanisch-Englisch uh, gemischt. Spanglisch, ja. Spanglisch. <lacht> Weil, also man lernt Wörter in einer Sprache, zum Beispiel, es gibt Wörter, die ich kenne in Deutsch, die mhm. ich nicht weiß, was die Übersetzung auf Eng- äh, Englisch oder Spanisch mhm. ist. Hast du ein Beispiel gerade? Nee. Okay, ja. Nicht, nicht schlimm. Aber, aber es ist sehr oft passiert in der Arbeit, als ich dann von Deutschland zurückgekommen bin. Mhm. Und wir haben, wir sprechen normalerweise in der Arbeit Englisch. Mhm. Ähm, und damals habe ich die Wörter einfach auf Englisch nicht gekannt. Ich habe mhm. nur die deutschen Wort, äh, Wörter gekannt und dann musste ich dann die einfach auf Deutsch dann sagen, mitten in einem englischen Satz. Ja. Erzähl mal, weil er die Wörter auch gekannt hat. Ja. Aber es gibt auch Wörter auf Englisch, die ich nicht auf, auf Deutsch kann. Und also wir wohnen in den USA und wir reden mit unseren Freunden 
sehr oft auf Englisch. Mhm. So, es ist in, also zu Hause ist es einfach, manchmal das Wort auf Englisch zu sagen, mhm. weil meine Frau auch äh, Englisch kann. Ja. Ja. Ähm, ich meine, ich weiß, dass das viele Leute sich fragen, weil wir kriegen die Frage auch ständig. Hast du so eine Sprache, in der du denkst oder in der du träumst oder ist das auch bunt gemischt? Wenn ich träume, ich, ich träume ohne Sprache. Ja. Also es ist so das ist das, Feeling. was ich immer sage. Ja. Ja. Aber wenn ich zu Hause bin, ist ich würde sagen 50-50, also Englisch und Spanisch, okay. weil ich lese die Nachrichten auf Englisch, also Fernsehen auf Englisch, Netflix auf Englisch. Ähm, in der Arbeit ist dann Deutsch und Englisch, mhm. aber zu Hause ist Spanisch, Englisch. Und wir haben damals auch die Frage gekriegt, die wir beide sehr interessant gefunden haben, in welche Sprache zählst du dann? Oder Ja, zählst. Ja. Also... Es ist abhängig von der die Situation. Aha. Aber wahrscheinlich nicht in Deutsch, oder? Doch. Ja, doch, auf doch, Deutsch. Ja, ja. Also wenn, wenn ich in Deutschland bin, dann ich kann ich denke in Deutsch die ganze Zeit. Also auch wenn du irgendwas zählst, wenn du so ich weiß nicht, ich, bei mir ist es so zum ein Beispiel ein Workout machen. Ja. Genau, wenn du wenn du Spiele Punkt zählst deine Punkte oder deine Karten mhm. oder irgendwas, dann zählst du auf Deutsch. Wenn ich in Deutschland bin, ja. Krass, okay. Weil bei uns war es so, dass wir immer in der Muttersprache da zählen. Eigentlich schon, ja. Also ich was immer auf Englisch, außer ich in Deutschem bin. Ja. Und also ich meine, ich zähle schon ab und zu mal irgendwas ja. in Englisch, aber zum Beispiel vor allem, wenn es dann höher als 10 geht, mhm. dann find, kann ich es einfach schneller, schneller auf, auf ja. Deutsch. Ja. Das ist auch bei mir. Ich spiele nicht so oft Karten. <lacht> ich überlege auch, also, welche Situationen ja. gibt es noch, wo man zählt, aber ab oder und zu... Oder mit Geld oder so, wenn du so... Ja, keine Ahnung. ab und zu muss man schon mal irgendwas zählen, oder? Ja. Also ich würde sagen, dann meistens Englisch. Ah, okay. krass. Ja. Ja. Hätte ich jetzt nicht gedacht. Ich hätte gedacht, ja, ich wahrscheinlich auch, auch eher Spanisch. Ich war mir jetzt schon so, sage ich mal, weil, weil die einzige Person, die ich mit Spanisch sagen. rede, ist entweder der Josh manchmal mhm. oder äh, die Kollegen in der Arbeit und meine Frau. Aber das Leben ist alles auf Englisch. Mhm. Also einkaufen gehen, Restaurant, alles Englisch. Mhm. Also ich bin schon gebührt. Ja, deswegen. Klar. Passiert es ziemlich oft, dass du, ohne wirklich ähm, das gecheckt zu haben, die Sprachen mischst? Also halt, dass du dann mit einer Person die eine Sprache sprichst, die diese Person auch nicht spricht unbedingt, also aus Versehen. Weißt du, also ich, ich zum Beispiel, es ist mir mehrmals passiert, in der Arbeit vor allem, weil wir auch mit anderen mexikanischen Kollegen da arbeiten, dass ich mit dir was auf Englisch gesagt habe, dann habe ich mit Deutschland telefoniert und dann wollte ich was äh, mit, dem, mit dem Francisco besprechen. Aber da habe ich angefangen, mit ihm einfach Deutsch zu sprechen und wir wirklich kein Wort Deutsch kann. Das hat am Anfang passiert, wenn ich hier umgezogen bin, mhm. aber jetzt nicht mehr. Okay. okay. Ich, ich, ich habe keine Probleme mehr. Ja. Das ist normal. Ja. Cool. Um, should we switch back to English yeah. then? So we don't have to write as many subtitles. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I guess one more question that I have is, what would you say if you have to kind of like summarize it and not, you know, not the long, long story, just like kind of briefly, what are the main differences between the cultures? between Mexican and American culture, American and German, like the three cultures? Well, um, I know it might be difficult. Yeah, it's if, difficult, but I think, for example, if I want to define Germans, they like to be correct, mm -hmm. always be right. I and, agree with that, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, they, they kind of have always a plan for everything they do in their life. And if you don't have a plan, at least living in Germany, it's hard or overwhelming. 
mm. at least for me i'm coming from mexico i'm not used to planning my life mm. that much it's yeah but it's in germany you have to plan everything yeah. True. and uh i mean i didn't have an agenda until i moved to germany it was like everybody would look at their agenda i'm like oh my god this is this is a different world but um uh-huh. um in Mexico, it's more relaxed. I would say uh, Mexico, uh, it's more spontaneous. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because one of my best friends, he, he learned to be spontaneous. And now it's funny because uh, he now behaves more like a Mexican. Is he and German I, or American? He's German. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. he was my roommate when, when uh, we were living in Mexico. Well, he was working for, for the same company, but he mm-hmm. lived uh, in the same apartment as me. And... He was, he's German and I'm Mexican, but we would say, oh, well, you became more Mexican and I became more German. Uh-huh. And uh, we would always say, hey, machen wir etwas spontan. I'm like, why? <laughs> no, we have, because <laughs> I was, which means, which means, um, let's be spontaneous. Let's yeah, just figure it out. Yeah, yeah least, he wouldn't like, he didn't like planning. I couldn't get it because he's German, right? Yeah. But it's the way he, he liked to be. That's yeah. how I am now. Yeah. I was no. going to say, I think that happened to us, that you, Faley, you've become more Americanized. Oh, for sure. And I've become more But I always, I always liked being spontaneous. Yeah. It just wasn't really a thing in Germany. And then, like, me being in the U.S., I was like, finally, people are being <laughs> spontaneous. I can do that. Like, that's awesome. And now it's, like, weird for me when some of my German friends will ask me weeks in advance or sometimes even a couple months in advance before I go to Germany what day I can hang out and I'm like uh, whenever I, I don't know yeah. yet um, just pick a date that you uh-huh. like and we can we can plan it and then they're like well do you want to go to brunch what time do you want to go and where oh do you want to go gosh. and I'm like I don't know if I'm going to be in the mood for brunch on that day like can we just decide it the night before maybe or the day off <laughs> I'm definitely American in that sense too I, yeah. I, I like planning and I like things being in order but not that extreme. Yeah, I mean, they want to make a reservation and just like... Oh, that sounds like hell. Yeah, and I, I mean, I go along with it because yeah. I, I know I'm the weird one, yeah. but I, I hate it. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you're stressing me out. Like, yeah. just leave me alone. Yeah. But that's normal in Germany. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was an extreme, ex- extreme example, even for Germany, but planning ahead in general is normal. Like... Me in my early 20s living in Germany, I couldn't just do something spontaneous on the weekend because if I had like a spontaneous idea to do with my friends, all of my friends had already plans. Yeah. So that was not really a thing Mm -hmm. that happened. (laughs) Right, right. So, uh, I mean, if you throw the U.S. into the mix, I think it's a little bit in between. Um, It's just different. I mean... uh, I don't know. For example, in, in in Mexico, you can you can go with friends to a party, and they you will go and show up to a, a house, and nobody you don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think probably here in college you can do that, yeah. but it's not very common when you're not outside college. But in Mexico, you you can go, mm. and it's not weird. Mm. It's normal. So I like you would, that. You would yeah. do a, a party, and you invite you know your five friends and 20 people would show up yeah that's, that's crazy normal. i like that i like that too <laughs> and um that's a, i would say that's one of the main differences isn't there a saying in spanish like donde comen cinco comen seis or something along the, where six can eat so can eat six uh when five say? can eat then six uh, can eat also so like one more doesn't make a difference uh-huh. mm-hmm. i mean is it kind of like the more the merrier or yeah i guess well not really. Nah. It's not the more the merrier. It's more but like... But we, we share. We, right, and okay. we don't have a problem sharing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever It's kind of like the Bavarian saying, Hoch die Herat, das Mhm. 
but yeah, it just was it made me think of that like with a party like you don't need an invitation we'll make things work yeah. and you're welcome I like that and if I you, like that you add to that like for example here or even in Germany you have a you were saying a, a time right so you go oh it's going to be from 8 to 10 two hours in Mexico is people hey uh, I want you to my house uh, it's between 8 and 9 so people already know you don't have to show up at 8 yeah. mm. people start showing up at 9.30 mm-hmm um, I feel like that's the way I, it is here, at least in like my. That's age what group. I was going to say. I think it's interesting. Those of you who aren't listening or aren't watching and can't see Sam, or he's a little older than us. Um, Do you want to say how old yeah. you are? Yes, I'm 35. Yeah. And I'm 26. And I'm 24. So your social interactions are more. <laughs> I won't say mature. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> but, probably are. <laughs> but more mature than ours. So we're still. Faley and I are no longer in college, but we still are kind of generally in those circles where it is yeah. very common to just show up a half hour late or forty five like minutes or an hour. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's only in your in your let's say age. Yeah, um, in, our, right. in our stage of life, because my parents would. You can't do that at parties when you're an yeah. adult. <laughs> As an adult, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're when you're older. When you're older. <laughs> but at the same time, in Mexico. We, you would say um, at eight people show shows up at nine mm. nine thirty yeah yeah and they don't go they don't leave it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's a thing it's too, like, like what I, I feel like I don't feel comfortable doing that here. not leaving yeah not here or yeah, in yeah, Germany yeah. I mean Germany you already know you can only be there like for a certain period of time but see you know I feel like in Germany when we hang out there's usually no end time mm. maybe this is just me because I'm from there but like. In the U.S., oftentimes, like, people go to dinner and they expect it to only last an hour. If yeah. you go to dinner with a friend in Germany, you you expect it to be until you go to bed. Like, you're expected to be through for the yeah, rest of like the night, night until one of you gets tired, kind of. That's been my experience in Germany as well. It, and it depends on the occasion, right? I mean, at the end of the day, when we talk about real good friends, that's expected that mm. you just show up and you yeah. leave whenever. But if you're having a, you know, a party where you have your friends and then or the 20 people you and other know. people that your acquaintances or people that you know uh, i don't think you want to have them all at your house at 2 a.m right? i feel like in germany that happens all the time like oh, i've really? never yeah. had a party where people leave early in germany interesting um yeah no like in, in the u.s i feel like it's like that oftentimes that people just is. like they just go like they're just they're suddenly just, you're in the middle of the conversation and they're just like oh I, I have to head out yeah um that doesn't really happen in my experience in germany like mm-hmm especially if you're currently in a conversation. Germans also kind of tend to, like, they feel the need to have an actual excuse to leave if they want to mm-hmm. leave. Um, so, yeah, you, you don't yeah, just true. go and, and leave. <laughs> that's my, that's <laughs> I, my experience. And, and in my experience, too, something that's the same in German culture, I'll say the same, very similar mm-hmm. in German culture and Mexican culture, is when you do leave, you have to say bye to everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, like, kind of depends on the size of the party. Of it's course. like huge, but if it's like a group of eight people, yes, you say bye to everyone in Germany. Individually. Mm-hmm. And I think of that like definitely in, in my Mexican, with my Mexican friends or in those interactions, it's rude to just say bye or just leave without going and saying bye to individuals. Would you agree with that same or no? Am I depends wrong? on the size of the group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, normally you say bye to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it always depends. Like, I've also done this in Germany if it was like a group of people that I literally had just met. If it's all friends of a friend yeah. and I was the only outsider, yeah. I'm not going to go and hug every single yeah, person. Just wave goodbye. Yeah, but they're all, if, if they're all people that I know from somewhere, then I'm, yeah, yeah I'm going to go and hug them. Yeah. Not right now, but you know, back in the day <laughs> when life was normal, I would do that. And I think that that's something that's really interesting too, like with Corona and greeting, like, 
in, in the American culture, we don't have that issue. And in Germany, you don't really do the kisses, mm-hmm. right? But in, in Latin American culture... That's very common. It's weird to greet people without giving... Yeah. At, at least in Mexico, it's one kiss. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, been something that I've had to get used to, too, with... And with people that you just met. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, not like your friend. It's, you just met that... I mean, it, it has. it's not like boys to boys. Yeah, no. Opposite sex, but it's very common that when you greet somebody and you just met the girl, in my case, for example, it's, uh, it's very common. Mm. Is that true even in the workplace? That's a very good question. I think so, yeah. Okay. So if you were to go to a, a customer in Mexico... Oh, yeah, that's a different story. Okay, that's what I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with colleagues, it's common. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. colleagues come. So now... Mm-hmm. And maybe Mexicans if it's just... a, diff- a really difference in, in age. Yeah. Oh. So if my colleague is maybe 20 years older, probably I wouldn't say hi with a kiss. Okay, interesting. So now Mexicans just, like, stand there and feel weird about not being able to kiss each other? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I yeah. mean, what, do you know? What what do they do now? Do they do the elbow check or just wave? I, I probably they do everything, but, <laughs> I mean, I think people still do it, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's not recommended. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I mean, I think we're kind of, like, out of our questions, yeah. but is, is there anything that you would like to add that you feel like you want to share that um, we asked about? I mean, maybe it's not that relevant, but uh, I now you guys were asking me about culture shock. Mm. One big culture shock is related to tequila mm-hmm. that okay. I have. I mean, <laughs> I first, of all, first, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> it's not called brown or, or, or silver, yeah. but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go into the details. You guys can Google the real names. But one time I was in a bar, and actually I have two stories, if I have the time to tell the two sure. stories. But um, I was in a bar, and I ordered a golden tequila, which is a, a reposado tequila. Mm-hmm. And typically when you, when you get a not-so-good tequila, you get a, a lime and some salt. Mm-hmm. And that's normal in Mexico. Okay. But I was in Germany, so I was expecting the same. All surprise, I get a slice of orange with cinnamon on it. Oh yeah. And That's I was what like, what? and I, yeah. I told the bartender, what is this? And he's like, oh, you don't know how it's done. Then you, you take a shot and then you, you eat it. I'm like, no, no, this is orange. I need lime. And he's like, no, that's not the right way. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. And I said, I'm from Mexico and I, I know how this thing <laughs> is, people drink this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I want my lime. And he said, no, because that's not the right way. He I was said like, no? Yeah, he said, Did no. Did you give me the lime? No, he didn't give me the lime. <laughs> wow. The funny thing, too, is, though, usually when you do the other tequila, like the what we call the, the silver, silver tequila, they usually give you a lemon instead of a lime. Ooh, or maybe not usually, but that's kind of what I yeah. well, experience most. Lemon for you is the yellow one or the green one? Yeah, the yellow one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wait. that's that. It gets confusing in Spanish. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, because for us, it's but the so other way in Spa- I yeah. mean, in Mexico, it's l- the green ones, right? Or lemon no? for uh, the word lemon or limon. No, but what do you get with the tequila? The green we ones? always get the green ones. Yeah, so the lime. The lime, yeah. Yeah. The, lime yeah, yeah. <laughs> the words so, in Spanish are really close. There's mm-hmm. limon and there's lima. Mm. And in Spain, it's flipped. Yeah. So oh, it's, gosh, okay. But again, it was very weird for me to. Get an orange yeah. with yeah. a shot of tequila. No, I can. I can. And I hate it. <laughs> it is horrible. Um, it I don't was... know if I've ever actually done that because, like, I usually just drink it straight without anything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure if I've ever done the cinnamon and orange thing. But I've, I've done it I've once seen it. with a German co- coworker is it any who good? tried. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Yeah. I had a question for you. Yeah. 
tequila cold do you ever keep tequila cold or is it always supposed to be served at room temperature i mean you can you can drink it cold. Okay. I just i'm not a fan of it but uh, mm-hmm. when you have a bad tequila that makes the the you know alcohol flare in your mouth yeah a little less yeah strong yeah, in general, the worse the alcohol, the colder you need to drink it. That's why American beer is always so cold. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So you said you had one other story you wanted to tell yeah, before? Yeah, I mean, um, there was this time we were in a restaurant in Munich called Sausalitos. Oh, yeah. And it's supposed to be a Mexican. But it's like a chain. So yeah. it's... It is a chain. It's kind of a Tex-Mex mix. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have the cactus in their logo. So yeah, so they... like the, I guess the the theme of it is supposed to be Mexican yeah, right. yeah. so uh, I remember a friend of mine we were a group of Mexicans we were like 15 uh, in on in the table speaking Spanish mm-hmm. and she ordered fajitas mm-hmm. right and with the fajitas you get the tortillas so the waitress came with the food and put it in front of her and stirred at her and she's like you know how this works and we were all staring at the waitress I'm like what are you talking about well in order to eat this, you need to take, and I'm going to use the German word, make chicanisches Brot, and then roll it into a taco and put the meat inside. And we were like, Mexicanisches Brot. She I've meant tortillas. Uh-huh. I've never heard that, actually, that term. Interesting. Yeah, she didn't know that the tortilla is called tortilla in a Mexican yeah. restaurant. Yeah. So we all started laughing. Yeah, wow. <laughs> So it's not a culture show, it's just a funny yeah. story. Yeah, that is funny. Wow. The German trying to explain a group of Mexicans so how to how eat fajitas. Eat fajitas. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was an interesting experience for you, having having a German trying to explain to you yeah. how to eat your country's food. <laughs> Did you then explain it to her? We we No, we didn't say anything. <laughs> but I was thinking, we well, she, I mean, we look Mexican. She should have known. Mm. But, I mean. Yeah. But also, like... I think in Europe, you, you maybe she just assumed that you're Spanish or mm. from somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, could could have been. For sure. In her defense. <laughs> but how many times have uh, waiters explained you how to eat your food? Yeah, I, I've never experienced that, even yeah. at Sausalitos. But I guess I've never had any like complicated dishes there. <laughs> I remember I ordered enchiladas there once. You did? And it was disgusting. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Yeah. But in general, they have a really good happy hour, so... They have good happy hours. That's what you do when They have good cocktails, too. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. Yeah, okay. So I think with that, we're kind of at the end of today's episode, right? Yeah, I would say so. Unless there's anything left to say. (laughs) I think Um, we got it all out on the table, right? (laughs) Tequila is gone, too. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Well, awesome. Samer, thanks so much for coming and joining our podcast. It's really been fun to talk to you and get the the perspective from south of the border um, here as a part of our conversation, I know that we have some listeners from Latin America too. So let us know if you guys can relate to any of Samer's experiences or how, how your experiences have differed. Mm. Um, if you want to reach out to us, then leave us a comment on our YouTube channel. Our yeah. YouTube channel is um, Understanding Train Station. Understanding Train Station. <laughs> you can also subscribe there, which yeah. you should do, of course, if you haven't subscribed yet. Um, but then you can also, if you're not listening on YouTube, you can send us an email. And also, all the information is in the like description box that you yeah. can find on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. So, email is understandingtrainstation at gmail.com. 
Additionally, you can also support us if you want on Patreon. It's a subscription service where you get some extra content. Um, we also do a monthly Q&A. Um, it is, you'll find us at patreon.com slash understanding train station. Yeah. And thank you so much for supporting us. If you, yes, if you decide you to do so, um, then there's Instagram, of course, at understanding train yes. station, you can comment message us there and follow us there. And the last one is buy me a coffee, uh, where you can also support us with like little donations, just one-time donations or buy us a tequila, buy us a tequila <laughs> shot <laughs> or a little think, tequila. Yeah. Tequila I was going to say, I don't know if we'll be able to afford this tequila though with that. No. How much did you say this was this bottle? that we that we drank from i want to say between 200 and 250 depending on the exchange rate <laughs> wow um yeah but if if you know if you want to um help us um get fund money towards yes. that bottle of tequila you can do so on buymeacoffee.com slash uts podcast um, and with that i think that's it for this week that's it um Thanks yeah we, we usually say uh buy in our native language so i think we can all do that maybe today yes at <laughs> so, the same time or no no just just okay. after each other i don't know is there like a bunch of different different ways to say buy in, in spanish or in mexican spanish yeah okay and you can do all of them if you want to oh no <laughs> all right well thank you guys so much for listening um you'll hear us again next thursday and i usually just say choose mach's good and i say bye <laughs> adios Oh, where's the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to t say the What's, other one? Okay, something that outtakes too. <laughs> um, hasta luego. Mm -hmm. Hasta la vista. Ooh, hasta uh, la vista. No, we don't say that. Mexicans <laughs> say bye a lot too. Yeah, we, they use, do? we say bye. Yeah, oh, bye, interesting. Bye. Oh, we okay. In German, we say, of course, I say servus a lot uh -huh. in Bavarian, but then we say ciao, just yeah. technically Italian. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, we say bye, adios, hasta luego. Nos okay. vemos. Nos vemos. Nos, pi nos vidrios. What is Hay it? Hay unos vidrios. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, that's more colloquial. Uh, that's, yeah. Okay. Cool. And with that, bye, everyone. Goodbye. Okay, <laughs>